for the word. All right. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, just touch our hearts this morning. Touch us with a powerful, your power. Let the word penetrate deep into our hearts and renew our minds. That we can know your incredible love for us. Your all-sufficient grace for us. But let us know that we can rely on you, Father. Doesn't matter where we are. Doesn't matter what's going on. We can rely on you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen? See, I love Good Friday because you know the story, my story. I got saved on a Thursday night, 1989. Billy Graham on television. He said, you need to be born again. I said the prayer. Didn't know what I, what I was saying. Didn't understand anything. It just felt right. I've told that my testimony many times. Next morning, I woke up. Friday morning, I woke up. Everything had changed in my life. I knew everything had changed in my life. The only problem is I don't know what had changed. I didn't understand anything. I didn't know what had changed. I just knew you know, you just know everything has changed, but I don't know what. And see, my salvation went along. I started reading my Bible. We started going to a born-again church called Gentle Shepherd. They were just a new church plant. had broken off from a denominational church. Great people, full of love, just what we needed. And it went on for a few months, and then finally we came to Good Friday service, and we were meeting in the little gymnasium at, what was it, Alice McPhail or something like that, public school. And he walked into that gymnasium on Good Friday. And we didn't have all the high tech. We didn't have all the stuff. You know, remember overhead projectors? That's about the high tech as we got back then. But someone had made a Good Friday display in the corner. And what they had taken was a great big sheet. You know the big brown paper you get at a, a, a store? Uh, maybe like a meat store or something. A big brown paper, light brown paper. And somebody got about a six by six, must have taped it all together. And they'd paint, in the middle, they'd paint a big round black circle to represent the tomb was empty. And that Good Friday, after five months of being born again and still haven't quite got figured out, knew it was good, knew I loved church, knew I loved my Bible, knew I loved a lot of things, but I never quite figured out what Jesus did for me. I walked in. I remember walking across the back of, of this gymnasium, turned up to get our chair, and there's that empty tomb picture sitting right there. I looked at that picture. And I got it. All of a sudden, I understood salvation. All of a sudden, I got it. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. Jesus is available to help me. Amen? That day was one of the most life-changing days in my life. Now, Pastor Brian talks about he got born again on a baptism service, and he loves baptism services. You know that. He tells us that all the time. Was, I kept thinking, is it 20 years you've been around here, Pastor Brian? Is this year? I think it's 20 years, isn't it? I kept thinking that. 20 years. I don't know how you're staying so young. Praise the Lord. But, but, but we've heard that story a lot from Pastor Brian, which we should because that's his testimony. Well, my testimony is, yeah, I got saved on Billy Graham on TV, 
But I understood Jesus on Good Friday. Amen? I want you to see how important it is to understand Good Friday. I've titled this message, The Greatest Day of Human History. Praise the Lord. The tomb is empty. He is risen. Do you realize that if it wasn't for Good Friday, we would have nothing else to celebrate the whole year long? There's no point in celebrating Palm Sunday if Good Friday didn't follow. There'd be no Resurrection Sunday. Amen? If Good Friday hadn't happened. Christmas wouldn't mean a thing if Jesus hadn't proved to be the Son of God. Doesn't matter what holiday you think about. If it wasn't for Good Friday, nothing else would matter. If Jesus, can I just put it in modern vernacular? I'm going to do it anyways. So you might as well say, yeah, pastor, go for it. If Jesus hasn't, hadn't pulled it off on Friday, there'd been nothing left to celebrate all through the year. Here's the good news. He pulled it off. Amen? It went off to a T. The Bible says the devil didn't have a clue. He actually says if the devil knew what was really happening on Good Friday, he never would have even got involved. He got his head beat in. He got defeated on Friday. That's why you can say in Jesus' name every day because he got defeated on Good Friday. That's why you can live in victory every day because Jesus took the victory on Friday. So you know the sermon... This is Friday, but Sunday's on its way. We can change that. We can say this is Friday, but every other day is on its way and they're going to be good because of Friday. See, we, you and I have to be so aware of what happened on Friday so we can have every other day of our life be good. Amen. Hallelujah. See, here's Paul. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2 Paul talks like this. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything. I like that. Just take your hand and say everything. Forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. See, Paul understood this. So I can't get caught up in anything. I got to forget everything except Jesus Christ crucified. Now, when would he do that? When he was in a crisis, he had to forget everything and remember only Jesus and what he did on the cross. This is what the Lord wants to teach you today. I came to you in weakness, timid, and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever, persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. You know what we're finding out today? You know what you're finding? Here, can I give you some, some idea of what's happening in the church today? Gen Z. Gen Z. You know the young folks? The 18, 26 years old? They are flocking to the churches right now. And you know what they're saying? Don't give me that hype. Don't give me the lights. Don't give me the show. Give me the power of God. And the churches that are giving them the power of God, they're bringing their friends to. 
It's not about the hype. It's about the power of God. You know, the funny thing is, every generation does exactly the opposite to what their parents did for a while until maybe they figure out their parents are right. Amen? But anyways, I'm just telling you that there's a move going on in North America. It's like a Jesus movement again of the 70s. It's happening, folks. You're not going to stop it, and you don't want to stop it. You've got to reach your young people, reach your grandkids, haul them to church, and let them experience the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God, and they won't have drug problems, and they won't have sex problems, and they won't have alcohol problems because they've tasted the real anointing. Paul said, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom but in the power of God. The greatest day in human history, Paul, Paul's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. You know what that means? You haven't forgot the power of the cross. There's the key. You haven't forgot the power of the cross. Amen? It, 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 it is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe in the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. See, some people don't believe it. But you must believe it. I passed on to you what was most important. Here it is again. What is most important? There's twice Paul saying, I'm giving you what is most important for your success. There's only one thing that's really totally important for your success. It's Jesus and what you do with your salvation. That's the only thing that's going to drive success. Amen? I, get, I passed on to you, I'll read that again, what is most important because it's most important, and what you have also passed on, what has also been passed on to me. So what is the most important, Paul? Will you please tell us, Paul, what you mean by most important? Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried and was raised from the dead on the third day. That's what's most important. The most important revelation, the most important thing for you to meditate on as a Christian is his death, burial, resurrection, and what it means to you. That's why this weekend, my prayer is that if you've never got hold of us totally, this will trigger a drive inside of you. This will trigger an interest, almost an obsession inside of you. Amen? To say, i got to find out. And don't think it won't happen because it's happened to me for 34 years. I've had this obsession. I guess I'm an obsessive-compulsive behavior person. I don't know. But I've had this obsession to get to know God more and more, and it hasn't lifted for 34 years, and I hope it never lifts for until I get to heaven. Then it's definitely not going to lift when I get to heaven. But see, you need to be kind of obsessive about finding out about this. Not religious, but obsessive. You need to be hungry. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Amen? He finishes off this. He was seen by Peter, then by the 12, and after that he was seen by 500, more than 500 of his followers at one time. See, what Jesus did for us on the cross is the most important revelation a Christian should get. Once you get born again, 
you got to figure out the cross. See, my issue was I knew I was born again. I knew everything had changed, but I didn't know what. But what happened on Good Friday was I figured out the what. And once I figured out the what, I was the way to the races. Amen? We have to learn to figure out what it is we got hold of and then start living that life. Jesus, just think of this. Jesus took our sin, paid the price for our sin. I was listening actually yesterday, Charles Stanley was on CHRI, and, and he says, he says, you never think to yourself how God says, as soon as you got born again, God says, now I see you as holy and righteous. And he's saying this, now everybody knows. I know, you know how unholy and how unrighteous you feel every day. If you're human, you might as well say amen. But he said this, he says, but Jesus, or but the Father, looks at you, watch this now, through the shed blood of Jesus' sacrifice, and that changes your look to him to be holy and righteous. What's the most important thing? What Jesus did for you and me on the cross. If Jesus hadn't shed his blood, God could not see us as holy, God could not see us as righteous, and God could never see us as saved. Amen? It's so important that we understand this. He was buried. Jesus then was buried. After he said it was finished, after he took that sip of wine, established the kingdom of God, after he fulfilled everything on the cross, he gave up his spirit. They put him in the grave. I love it, but the grave could not hold him. Where did he go? What did he do? He had three days. Jesus, what are you going to do for three days? You're in the grave. What are you going to do for three days? Jesus, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going down to hell. And Jesus went down to hell. He didn't go right to Abraham's bosom right away. That was his last stop. Jesus went down to hell, and he experienced every depth of hell. All the pain, all the smoke, all the ang anguish, all the hurt. He experienced every aspect of hell. And then he went to Abraham's bosom. Then he preached to all the captives. Then he rose from the dead. So, the see, I recognized it a little while ago. The sacrifice for our sin was on the cross. But the sacrifice didn't finish on the cross. He went down to hell, and he continued his sacrifice in hell. Why? So you and I who are born again are confident, I'll never have to go there. So we can believe, again, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, when my life on earth is over, I will close my eyes, but in a twinkling of an eye, I will be in heaven with Jesus. Why? Because of the cross. Because of his death, burial, resurrection. And my friends, once we get hold <laughs> of that truth and never fear death, the Lord told me one time, now you can live. A few years ago, few years ago, I was so happy. I was so thrilled with life, and I still am so thrilled with life. I was praying. I said, Lord, I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life. And I said this to him. I said, if you took me home today, 
I leave this earth thankful. That's what he told me. He says, Mike, I heard his voice. With an attitude like that, now you can live. See? Once we get the cross, once we get it, now we can live. There is no fear in death. Perfect love cast out all fear. Amen? See, we get the cross. We get life. All life is found in the cross, the death, burial, resurrection. Amen? I want you to see how important this is. Now, we're going to have communion. Right in the middle of the sermon, we're going to have communion now. Because there's something in the communion scripture that we need to get hold of today, too. See, communion, and every time we take communion, why we like the purpose to take communion at least once a month, is the purpose of communion is don't forget the cross. The purpose of communion is don't forget the cross. Amen? I'm going to read to you this, the, the communion scriptures we use every month. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God. Then he broke it in peace and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in, remember, in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Look at verse 26. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. See, every time we take communion... It's because we are to remember the cross. We're to remember his death, burial, resurrection. Every time we take this little cup with a little bit of juice and a little bit of bread in it, we're never supposed to make a ritual of it. We're never supposed to make light of it. We're supposed to remember what Jesus did for us. Amen? Because if you remember what Jesus did for you, then you can always have the promises that he fulfilled for you every day. Does everybody have a communion elements? If you don't have one, you just put up your hand. Mark will jump up. I know he will, and he'll grab you one and make sure you have one. Is there one person there? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Mark. This is so important. I love communion services every month I don't know a lot well, maybe I'm like you but I grew up doing communion every week every week we did communion my father was a minister he let me serve communion once he let me be his his what do we call that server once yeah, altar boy yeah once my two older brothers were his main altar boys but he thought it was time for me to do it he let me do it once. That's when I found out I was not called to the ministry of helps. He never asked me again. Praise the Lord. Amen. But this is very important. This was so important. Just take the piece of bread. Hang on a second.
someone could design an easier thing to open them. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you take this little piece of bread. And this body, this, this bread, the purpose is to represent and for us to remember Jesus' body that was broken on the cross. It's never just, oh, a little piece of bread. I wish they served more. It's not about that. But see, some people, they, they get very, very, very religious and very, very, they lose their focus on what we're doing. And it's so important that I think that after 34 years, I still take this very seriously. That I want to remember that this piece of, little piece of unleavened bread, what it represents is, and I'm supposed to take time to remember Jesus. You were nailed to the cross. Your body was broken. You went through excruciating pain and suffering that no human being ever gone through before. And you did it for me. You did it so I could have the life I have today and live in the promises I can live in today that I can live by faith. So again, Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks for it. You know, every time Jesus got bread in his hands, he gave thanks. God's working on a revelation for me, on me of that too. But see, giving thanks is so big. Maybe in the midst of your crisis, you've got to learn to give thanks. Maybe in the midst of your pain, you've got to learn to give thanks. Because when Jesus needed something impossible, like taking five fish or five loaves of bread and two fish, and he had to feed 20,000 people, he looked up to the Father and said, Thanks, Father. Thanks, Dad. And maybe instead of getting so caught up in your crisis, we have to learn how to go back to the cross and give thanks. Because out of thanks, I believe God will fix the crisis. Let's eat this bread together giving thanks. Thank you, Father. Maybe give God thanks. Thank you, Father. You know, we got to take care of Levi yesterday. I give thanks for Levi every day, for my family, ministry, for all God has done. I give thanks for you. I, I brag about you guys all the time. I said, I got the best people in the world in my church. Amen? I give thanks. I, I, I love giving thanks. So give thanks and take that bread. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus says, do this remembering what I did for you. Verse 25, in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement, oh, wow, confirmed by his blood. See, there it is there. Through Jesus' blood, the agreement says you're holy. Because of his blood, he says you're righteous. Because of his blood, he says you're saved. An agreement. Amen. But this blood also represents, or this juice also represents the covenant, the protection of the blood of Jesus upon our lives, our homes, our families. Remembering what Jesus did for you and me and what we can appropriate and have every day. Remember, when you remember what Jesus did for us at the cross, we can have the blessings and promises every day. That's what he wants. Let's drink this cup together. And I'll repeat verse 26. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, 
You're announcing the Lord's death until he comes. Or we're remembering what Jesus did. Or we're remembering his death, burial, resurrection. Until he returns and takes us all to heaven. We live in a state of remembrance. And I got thinking about this. We do it naturally. Every November we have Remembrance Day here to remember our history. The old adage is if you learn from your history, you don't repeat the past. And you could use that for Jesus really well. If you learn about the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, and live that way, you won't have to deal with your past anymore. Amen? Just think of it that way. That's worth the whole day coming here. Amen? Praise the Lord.